Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Extra Innings Podcast, where today we'll be starting the brand new series where I go through each team and evaluate their 2020 offseason to decide whether they improve their team or not. So today, we're going to start off alphabetical order with the Arizona Diamondbacks. What the Diamondbacks did in the 2020 offseason, I think they had one of the best offseasons of any team in uh, in baseball because they have to compete with one of the best, if not the best team in baseball in the Los Angeles Dodgers in that tough NLS. You know, that, that, that NLS is only going to get tougher. The Padres, the Rockies, the Giants, I don't know about the Giants, but the Padres and the Rockies are going to get better with time. The Dodgers already got better in one season. Coming off a 106-win season, they got even better. The Diamondbacks have to do something to compete, and trust me, they did it. So, just to go over what the Diamondbacks did in 2019. They went 85-77. and 77. They were 21 games back of first place in the NL West. They went 44-37 and 37 at home at Chase Field and 41-40 and 40 on the road. Pretty even on the road. Played a little better at home. Makes sense. Uh, Fields are more comfortable at home. Uh, hitters know their ballpark better. Pitchers know their spots better. So, it makes sense. We're going to go and jump right into their offseason moves. Um, they started off the 2020 offseason by not offering a contract to Taiwan Walker. This was a little confusing to me at first because I believe that Taiwan Walker is still a good young, young in retrospect, a good starting pitcher who has potential to be something like a number three, number four. He's not a number one. He could. He's a fringe number two, a solid number three, and a very good number four starting pitcher in a rotation. But you'll see later down the line why this move actually was beneficial to them because they don't they didn't need him anymore. So we'll move on. They signed Stephen Vogt um, to a one-year contract with an, a club option for 2021. I think this is a great move. It's a great bench bat for them. Stephen Vogt, powerful uh, catcher off the bench, gets the job done defensively behind the play. You know, not an elite defensive catcher, but can definitely throw out a runner can stop a wild pitch, ball in the dirt. You can trust him to get down on his knees and block that ball. So I think it's a great bench signing, which you can see they did throughout this offseason. They addressed needs that they needed instead of going out for the big names. They addressed, they looked at what they did wrong in 2019 and addressed those needs to a T, and I think they did a really good job. Next, they signed Junior Guerra to a another one-year contract with a club option for 2021. A reliever from the, the Milwaukee Brewers or former Milwaukee Brewer, I think it's a great signing. You know, I've seen Junior Garrett pitch before in person. I've seen him pitch and on uh, television. I think he's a good pitcher. I think he's he's not an elite reliever. He's middle of the pack. But like I said, you don't need big name guys to improve a improve a ball club. They looked at their bullpen. They said our bullpen underperformed in 2019. What did we do? We went out and we signed solid bullpen arms. No elite bullpen arms. No big name bullpen arms. They didn't go out and sign Dal Batanzas. They didn't go out and try to get an Aroldis Chapman. They 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 went out. They had a game plan. They executed the game plan flawlessly. And they went out and signed Junior Guerra. That's just a, one of a couple relievers that they either signed or re-signed. So next, we'll move on to Cole Calhoun, who is a right fielder from the uh, Los Angeles Angels, who signed a 
two-year contract with a club option for 2022. This is a fantastic bench bet. I am a huge fan of Cole Calhoun, and I know that his numbers don't really back that up, but I personally, I love watching Cole Calhoun. He is very good defensively. He is a very underrated defensive right field outfielder in general. He could play center field. I've seen him do it before when Mike Trout got hurt. So I think it's a great signing. I think it's very under the radar signing. Like you'll see with a lot of these signings, very under the radar. So that's another great signing that I have for them. I'm just also a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of the guy. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm not. A, I'm not an Angels fan, but every time I watch an Angels game, of course I'm watching. In my opinion, one of, if not the best MLB player of all time in Mike Trout, baseball player. I think he might be the best player to ever step foot on this earth. But I'm watching, you know, Cole Calhoun out there. His batting stance is intriguing. His his uh, his diving plays uh, in in right field. It's just, you know, it's mesmerizing to watch, and it's it's beautiful to watch because he does everything technically perfect. So I really like that signing. Great bench bat, great defensive um, replacement if needed. Then they went out and signed Hector Rondon um, with a one-year one year contract with a club option for 2021. Like most of these contracts, you will see are like that. Hector Rondon, he was really good in in Chicago. I he wasn't really good, but he was pretty good in Chicago. And then he moved to Houston for two years. He's getting up there in age. Um, you know, he's going to be entering his 30, uh, age 32 season if 2020 happens. If 2020 doesn't happen, they probably won't pick up that club option because he'll be entering his 30, age 32 season. Coming off a okay season where he pitched with 371 ERA with 48 strikeouts and 60 innings pitched. Gave up 10 home runs in 60 innings. Not great. Um, you know, he walked 20 batters in 60 innings. And he's, he tends to do that recently. He's walked 20 batters in, in around the same amount of innings in three straight seasons. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Rondon. Do I think he can help this bullpen? Of course I can. But I'm not the biggest fan of him. You know, his whip is a 1.25. It's a little high um, compared to his earlier years in Chicago. But... I think it's a beneficial signing because any reliever, especially any player, but especially relievers, any reliever can really turn it around in a new change of scenery. You know, he played in Houston. He got that ring that, you know, a lot of people are going to be, oh, not shouldn't get the ring, but he got it anyways in 2018. He's, he's a change of scenery can help him. And I believe that. And I'm all for giving him a chance. Now a couple um, re-signs just so they avoided arbitration. You have uh, Matt Andrees, starting pitcher, signed for one year. Andrew Chafin, another reliever. I think this is a actually better signing because I, I really like Andrew Chafin. Um, in 2019, had an okay season, pitched with 376 ERA. And you have to expect these ERAs to be a little higher than reliever uh, than starting pitchers because they don't pitch as many innings. So when they give up a run, the ERA jumps, right? So he only gave up 22 earned runs in 52 innings, which isn't bad. Six home runs in 52 innings, much better. But in 2018, he gave up zero home runs in 50 innings. So, you know, if he can bring the home runs down to maybe five home runs in 60 innings, that's that'll be much better. 
68 strikeouts in 52 innings. He's always been known as a strikeout pitcher, and he does get those strikeouts very efficiently and very effectively. Um, he pitched to a th- uh, 1.33 whip. A little high also. You you want a whip to be really under 1.2, 1.1. But as a reliever, everything's going to be up a little bit. So I really like that re-sign by Andrew Chafin, uh, by the Dimebacks to re-sign Andrew Chafin and not let him walk. They re-signed Robbie Ray, which... Not re-signed. They signed for the one year to avoid arbitration. I really thought that he was going to get traded at the trade deadline of the 2019 season, just like everybody else did. I did not expect him to stay put. The Tampa Bay Rays, the St. Louis Cardinals, they were linked to Robbie Ray. The the Dodgers were linked to Robbie Ray. The Yankees were linked to Robbie Ray. But at the end of the day, he stayed put, and he actually pitched a really solid season at the end of the year. Um... We had just a, he had a very good season overall. Not a very good season, but he had a above average season overall. And I think that once the Diamondbacks saw that they can't compete, maybe not for the, maybe they're two years away from competing for, from competing for the NL West, but they're a year away from competing for the NL Wild Card. They said we're going to keep Robbie Ray, we're going to go all in, and we're going to make this rotation better than it was, and they definitely did. We're going to see why. They Jake Lamb, I love this signing. I'm a huge fan of Jake Lamb. You know. Um, MLB The Show, the guy is a beast. He's been he's been a beast since MLB The Show 16. Um, that lefty swing is beautiful. Um, you know, his offense really gives you all you want from a third baseman. His defense leaves a little to be desired, but he's getting there. He's making a lot of plays that I did not expect him to make. Um, he's definitely not an above-average third baseman, but he has an arm. He can make that throw from the knee, which is very important for a third baseman. He can make a throw on his backside, which is also very important because when you're diving to your to your weekend and you got to make that throw across your body, it's it's very important. And he's shown that he can do that, which is something that I didn't know he could do. So I think it's very important. Next signing they did, we're getting to the big four right now. Three of them are signings. One of them is a trade. I don't. We're gonna start with the two re-signings that they did. They re-signed David Peralta to a three-year extension from 2020 to 2022. David Peralta. I really like David Peralta. Same thing. I, When I played MLB The Show 16, David Peralta got that lefty, beautiful swing. It's just, it it works so well, and it's something that you, uh, the ball leaves his bat, and you just, it's it's just a beautiful sound. Um, I'm a fan of... Like, I'm a fan of certain players specifically, and I'm really a fan of David Peralta. He's good. He's he's very under the radar. Like, you're going to hear me say under the radar a lot for a lot of these players on the Diamondbacks because the Diamondbacks in general are an under-the-radar team. If you look at David Peralta's stats in 2019, he had 275 batting average with a 343 on base, a 461 slugging, and an 804 OPS with a 106 OPS+. plus. Um... With 12 home runs, but it was an injury plague season. He played around. He played 99 games, but that's not like him because in 2018, 2017, 146 in 2018, 140 in 2017, 2016 was injury plagued completely, and then in 2015, 150 games. He is a very consistent player who consistently hits for average. His average hovers. His career average is 290, which is great. His uh, on-base percentage is a 346 career. Slugging is 478 career. He hits home runs. That's he 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 hits home runs, but he 
also hits for average. He's that perfect balance that you want in that left fielder. He does make plays in left field. He has an arm. Trust me, you do not want to run on that arm of his. He definitely has an arm, and he shows it from time to time. Not all the time, but he shows from time to time, and he guns runners out and gets those outfield assists. So I really like this signing. Lock him up for three years. Good job by the good job by the uh, Diamondbacks front office. Next, we're going to the secondary signing. Is the Nick Ahmed signing? They signed him for four years, and I really like this signing. This signing, you lock up an above-average shortstop, which are hard to find, who had a great season in 2019, hit 254 with a 316 on-base percentage, a 437 slugging, a 753 OPS with 82 RBIs, 8 stolen bases, and 79 runs. With a 4.3 war, I'm a big war guy. Wins above replacement, that's something that I'm really um, interested in. I I like uh, advanced sabermetrics. I'm, I'm one of those guys. So... In, in 2019, to have a war 4.3 and to have 17 defensive runs saved, I mean, I'm very big on defensive runs saved because I do believe, while I believe it's a flawed um, sabermetric category, I believe it re- it does show um, how well a defender is compared to the rest of the league. So to have a 17 defensive runs saved, which really contributed, by the way, into his 4.3 uh, wins per placement for this season. I think this is a under the radar, another under the radar, and he's not getting paid a lot of money. It's just they're the Diamondbacks payroll; they did it well, but they also shelled out some cash for big name guys. So you'll, I'll give them a great overall at the end, but just understand that they had a really, really solid 2020 offseason, and Nick Ahmed is a big contributor to that. Next, we have the Starling Marte trade. The Diamondbacks committed highway robbery on this one. And I st- it still confuses me as to what the Pirates front office was doing. I get it if you're the Pirates. You need to rebuild. You have Josh Bell. And trust me, when I get to the Pirates, oh, I have a lot to say. I'm not a Pirates fan, but I have a lot to say. I get it that you're rebuilding. But, and, and Marte is entering his age 31 season. It'll, he'll be 32 if 2020 doesn't end up uh, being played. But he's in the prime of his career, 29, 30, 31. That's your prime. And he's playing well. It's not like he had a bad 2019. He had a really solid 2019. He hit for 295 with a 342 on base, a 503 slugging, and 845 OPS with 23 home runs, 82 RBIs, and 97 runs batted in with 25 stolen bases. If you can put him at leadoff, you have one of the best leadoff hitters in the league. You put him in the two-hole, you put him in the three-hole, even the five-hole, or the nine-hole. You can bat him at nine and pitch a pitcher eight and have a second leadoff man. Whatever you want to do, the guy is quick. The guy is a defensive guru out there in in, right, in uh, center field. I don't know how that's going to work with Ketel Marte being there. Maybe you put Starling in, Starling in right, you put Dave Peralta in left, and you put Ketel Marte in center, where you swap Ketel and Starling. Either way, having and having that type of problem in the outfield is a great problem to have. Trust me, when you have too many good players, it's a good problem to have. And I'm sure the Diamondbacks front office is ecstatic over this, and they they have every reason to be. They traded him. They traded two prospects for him, and 
they got a veteran guy who can teach Ketel Marte, but also contribute to the 2020 season, 2021 season even. This is a robbery by the Diamondbacks in, in every way, shape, and form. And I believe they, they really stole a, like, a top outfielder in the league. And the reason you don't hear about Marte so much is because he's on the Pirates. The Pirates are not a great team. They don't, they don't, they're not a big market team and they don't win. When you're not a big market team and you don't win, you don't get time on TV. If you're not the Dodgers or you're not the Yankees and you don't win, you're not getting time on TV. And that's why Stalin Marte flies under the radar every single season when he has great seasons over and over and over again. Next, the final, final offseason acquisition so far <laughs> that the Diamondbacks have made was signing left-handed pitcher Madison Bumgarner from the San Francisco Giants to a five-year contract. Now, I'm very mixed on this signing because I do believe that Madison Bumgarner is still one of the elite left-handed pitchers in baseball. I do believe that. And I don't look at win-loss when it comes to a pitcher because you can look at Jacob DeGrom. He has won the sign on back-to-back years and his win-loss is not great. When your team is not good, you can give up a run and still lose because your team just can't score. So looking at Madison Mungarn's 2019 season alone, he went 9-9. and He pitched 207 point and two-thirds of an inning. That is something that you really like to see. He's consistent in pitching over 200 innings. And he wasn't injury-plagued. It means he had a full season. He started 34 games, which is a tied for his career high. I think he had a 3.9 ERA, which is a little high, but of course, he had a down year. I'm not saying he had a great year, but he had a, he had a, it's a down year in terms of Madison Bumgarner, but if you put these stats on any other average pitcher, it's an above average season for them. So I think people have to put that in perspective. He gave up 30 home runs. That's really where people said he lost his stuff because hitters were seeing him, which is normally what they don't do. But I think that, you know, towards the end of the year, he did get burned out a little bit. Maybe the Giants, you know, let him go a little too much, 207 innings. He has pitched 226 in his career. But, you know, with the way their season was going, maybe you just let him sit back a little bit. Um, don't kill his arm. But that's all in the past. Twenty twenty, uh, You have 2020 vision when you look back in life. But... He had he gave up 90 earned runs uh, in 207 innings. It's not great, but it's not bad. It's it's solid. He only walked 43 batters. He if he can bring that down just a little bit to maybe 35 batters, great season. He had a 1.12 whip. That's a good whip. That is a very solid. That's where you want it to be. Um, he had a 2.9 win above replacement, but that's gonna come with being a starting pitcher who does strike out a lot of batters and who does have a very low whip, you're going to end up having a high war, especially when you're Bumgarner, who hits pretty well. And I think that's going to play a huge factor in Arizona where the ball absolutely flies, sometimes, depending on the weather. Um, I think he's going to fit really well and take over that number one rotation spot. And I think this is a great signing. The reason I'm on the edge is because his age... If he you sign him for five years, 
He's already entering his age 30 season, and if he doesn't play this year, he's entering his age 31 season with four more years left on his contract. Will he, and you're paying him a lot of money, will he be the pitcher we know now in five, in five years, in four years? I don't know. That's the that's the thing where I'm on the fringe. Should you have given him five years? I wouldn't have. I would have given him a three-year contract with a club option for the fourth year. You see how he goes after three years, and then you decide. But I'm not the GM, so that's just my opinion. I just want to go over a couple of players that the that the Diamondbacks do have that you know stayed on this team. Cattell Marte being that one. Um, he could play shortstop, second base, and center field, but he's a center fielder in my opinion. Um, he had a 7.2 win above replacement 2019. That is absolutely absurd, and I believe he is becoming one of the most elite center fielders in all of baseball. He has a 329 batting average with 32 home runs, a 389 on base, a 592 slugging, and a 981 OPS. With 10 stolen bases, don't let that get past you. People have to understand, this this is, he put up MVP numbers, and it makes sense because he was fourth in the MVP race, but he put up real MVP numbers, like, if there wasn't, if, if there wasn't a bunch of hitters like Yelich, who just absolutely went off in 2019, I can see Marte winning, an, if he continues his pace, I see him winning an MVP in his future. He played 144 games, 144, he, that's consistency at its finest he just had an overall good season i really believe that he is becoming he's co- becoming his full potential and that is one of the best um center fielders in all of baseball another one i want to bring up really quickly is christian walker he took over for paul goldschmidt when he left to the st louis cardinals um he had a really good season as well 29 home runs 348 on base 476 slugging 825 ops with uh, 73 RBIs and 86 runs batted in, uh, 86 runs, he's good. Uh, I didn't expect him to do that. I didn't expect him to come into a role that is so coveted by Arizona Diamondbacks fans, Paul Goldschmidt's role, and play so well. Like, if you look at that trade now, while Paul Goldschmidt did have a good year, it it was a down year in his stands, but a good year overall, the Diamondbacks got Luke Weaver, Carson Kelly, who is their starting catcher, and played really well in 2019. And they have Christian Walker to fill the place of Paul Goldschmidt. You can see the Diamondbacks ended up winning that trade. The only reason you can't say that, in my opinion, is because the Cardinals re-signed Paul Goldschmidt. If that didn't happen, Diamondbacks 100% win it. But because they signed Paul Goldschmidt, they re-signed Paul Goldschmidt, I... I still give the edge to the Cardinals because Paul Goldschmidt is an elite, elite hitter. And Carson Kelly is not, and Christian Walker is not there yet. And Luke Weaver will probably never get there. So, my overall grade for the Arizona Diamondbacks is an A. The reason I can't give them an A-plus is because I just don't know if they help their bullpen enough. And I don't know if they have a good uh, fifth starter. But other than that, you can't, you can't, help every single need that you had during the offseason it's just it's really not possible especially when you have a lot of needs but they filled a lot of needs and trust me they they did help their bullpen i just don't know if they did it enough 
They got a solid number one. Their, their one through three is beautiful. They got outfielders. They got hitters. They got bench bats. A great, great overall offseason by them. And I think it is one of the best in baseball. So that's just my opinion on Diamondbacks. The next team will be the Atlanta Braves, who didn't have as eventful of an offseason as the Diamondbacks, but they still had they still did their own moves, and we'll talk about those in the next episode. So thank you guys so much for taking your time to listen to this podcast. If you're watching it on YouTube, please subscribe. Any feedback is welcome. Positive, negative, constructive. I don't care. I view all po- I, I view all feedback as positive uh, as constructive feedback. If you hear me uh, um, like stuttering, that's because I don't have a script when I do these podcasts. I'm doing it off the head. I'm looking at stats in front of me as I say it. I do prepare the stats, but I'm looking at them. So if you if you hear a little pause, that's because I'm looking for a specific stat that I didn't see before. But that's going to be all for me. Thank you guys so much for watching the Extra Innings Podcast. Season 1, Episode 2. We're going to get into this series and we're going to make it. We're going to kill it. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you taking time out of your busy days to listen to me and see you on the next episode.